This is Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucaran, giving you eternal answers to challenging questions and providing reasons for faith in Christ. Pat, I have been so excited about the guest that you have today. And uh, this is going to be one of our more informative shows and one of our more interesting guests. And you have a lot of interesting guests on this show. Yes, Kevin. We're really excited about having uh, this guest here with us today. His name is Dr. Abraham Sarker. He has a doctorate from Regent University. And something interesting about Abraham Sarker, he came here from Bangladesh. He grew up in Bangladesh in a Muslim home and came here to the United States not only to study, but also as a Muslim missionary. And he's got very exciting testimony to share. And it's revealed in the title of his book, Understand My Muslim People. This is a great book. You're going to want to get it. Uh, it's filled with uh, his exciting stories, but also some great facts in here. And his testimony is revealed in that title, Understand My Muslim People. Uh, Abraham Sarker, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Pat. Now, first question we want to ask, why is it titled Understand My Muslim People when indeed uh, you are a Christian man? Well, that is a very good question. You know, when I think about Muslims, I think about 130 million of my countrymen who are Muslims. And when I think about Muslims, I think about my dear mother and my family members who are still Muslims. And when I think about them, I think how much they need to know our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why I named my book, Understand My Muslim People. I want Americans and people around, around the world who are Christians to understand this uh, people, you know, my Muslim people. Excellent. You know, you grew up in an Islamic home. So tell us about your family background as you grew up. Well, thank you. Uh, my, my parents are very, very devout Muslims. Pat, uh, my father was an Islamic leader and my mom was an Islamic school teacher. Now, when I was seven-year-old boy, my parents came up to me and said, Son, you must practice the religion of Islam. Age seven, I was praying five times a day. Before sunrise, at noon, in the afternoon, right after sunset, and before I went to bed, five times a day I would pray. Now, one day I remember I was late to pray and my mom did not give me any food to eat. And I was only a seven-year-old boy. Now, when I was learning to fast from sunrise to sunset for a whole month, for 30 days, and as a seven-year-old boy, I was fasting. One day I was so thirsty, I came to my mom and said, Mom, please give me a drop of water. And she did not give me a drop of water to drink. So I remember how painful it was to say all that. From the beginning, my parents wanted me to be a devout Muslim. Now, when I was 13 years old, my parents asked me to join with the Islamic organization. Now, when I joined with the Islamic organization, they trained me to be an Islamic leader. Now, age 13, I was taking the message of Islam to the villages and to the tribal peoples in my country. When I was 15 years old, I remember from age 7 to 15, I never missed one single prayer, never missed a day of fasting. And when I was 15 years old, suddenly... I had a dream. My dream was that I had died and I faced God and God put me into a lake of fire. My whole body was burning in that fire. And I was screaming because I felt the pain. And when I opened my eyes, I saw my parents were standing beside my bed and they were wondering why I was screaming so loud. 
And I told them I had this horrible dream. They told me, son, you are a good Muslim. That dream was not from God. That dream was from Satan. Now, three times I had that identical dream. Now, one day, my last time, when the third time when I had the dream, I ran to the mosque and I put my head on the ground and I said, God, almighty God, please speak to me. Please help me to understand the meaning of my dream. As I was crying out to God all night in the mosque, something happened to me that I could never, never forget in my life. As I was praying, suddenly something started falling from the ceiling and those drops fell all over me and soon I realized that was oil fell over me. And immediately something happened to me inside of me. Such a peace, overwhelming peace came to my heart. And then one day I was coming from the mosque and going to my home and I heard an audible voice. It was amazing. That voice was in my own Bengali language and said, go and get a Bible. For four years I looked for a Bible in, in my country, could not find one. Four years later, my father sent me to America. When I came to America, I, and my main purpose was to share the message of Islam with Americans. When I came here, I found a Bible. And reading the Bible, I realized who Jesus Christ is. I saw Jesus is much greater than Muhammad. Jesus was born without a human father. Muhammad had a father named Abdullah. And Jesus did many miracles, but Muhammad never did a miracle. Jesus died and God took him to heaven and Muhammad died and he is and still in his grave in Medina. I took the Bible and the Quran and I said, God, please lead me to the right direction because I am so confused. At that point, as I prayed like that, one day I met a man, his name was Peter, and this man shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me, how Jesus Christ came on this earth, lived among us, did his ministry among us, and he died on the cross for our sins, and he was buried and rose again. As he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me, it was April 14, 1992, when I gave my life to Jesus. Since then, my life is completely changed. I am a happy man today because I know Jesus. Wow, Abraham, um, you said you grew up in Bangladesh. Now, is there a big difference between Islam we see in the Middle East and Islam in Southeast Asia? A lot of people don't know that the majority of Muslims today, uh, the biggest population of Muslims are in Southeast Asia. Is there a difference there? Pat, what a wonderful question because... People are always wondering, you see, when they think about Islam, they think about the Middle East. They think about the Arabs. Not all Arabs are Muslims. Not all Muslims are Arabs. Like, as you said, the largest Islamic country today is not Saudi Arabia. It is Indonesia. That's right. And mm -hmm. then Pakistan, Bangladesh, where I came from, the third largest Islamic country in the world in population, and then India. Now, Muslims there are very different than the Muslims in the Middle East. As an example would be, Pat, if you are a woman out there who is listening, if you live in the, uh, in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, you cannot drive. But my country, Bangladesh, the prime minister right now is a lay, a woman, and we vote for our prime minister. You see, the mentality is very different. Right. Indonesia as well. Indonesia as well, the largest Islamic country today, the prime minister. The leader of that country is a lady, a woman. 
So you see the difference now. Also, the, uh, many, many differences you will see. The mentality is very different uh, in, in the Middle East versus in the Southeast Asia. All right. Now, you said you came and your intention to come to America was to spread Islam here in the United States. Is, is that uh, the intention of many Muslims who come here to immigrate to the United States? Uh, yes, it is the job of every Muslim to share their faith and Mainly in the United States, they see in the West, there are not many mosques. In the West, there are not, there are not many Muslims. As you see in Bangladesh, which is 87%. In, in some countries in the Middle East, 99% of them are Muslims. So they take, a, this is their mission. They come here in the United States, Canada, and, and the Western world. In fact, now in Europe... Is all as Islam is the second largest religion in Europe right now. The soon would be in the United States. I was going to ask you, Abraham, you, when you described that you when you went to the mosque, backing up what you said earlier, and you said that you felt like oil fell upon you. Did did physical oil fall upon you, or did it just seem that oil was was was, was falling on your head? Uh, Kevin, it was a. Physical oil. Wow. It fell all over my head, my hand. I rubbed it, felt like oil, and the fragrance from that oil, I cannot explain to you. Such a sweet fragrance. The whole mask was filled with that fragrance. It's and it be, felt right there. It's got to be a, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just so biblical, you know, what, what happened there in your, in your crying out to God. In well, a place, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Well, yeah. this is what uh, someone explained to me later. But at that point, I did not know as a Muslim. I did not know what that meant. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, Abraham, you mentioned some differences you saw in studying the life of Jesus and Muhammad. You mentioned them very briefly. Uh, what are the differences that you saw and that you see, even in the Quran? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, in the Quran, Jesus was mentioned way more than Muhammad. Yeah, about 97 times so that Jesus was mentioned in the Quran, only 25 times mentioned about Muhammad. Now you see the life of these two great men, if you will. Jesus and Muhammad is a huge difference here. Jesus never sinned according to the Quran. According to the Quran, Jesus never sinned. But according to the Quran... Allah was asking Muhammad to repent three different times in the, uh, in the Quran. Now you see that Jesus died and God took him to heaven, according to Islam, according to Christianity. But Muhammad died and he is still in his grave in Medina. You see, Jesus touched people and they got healed. He raised people from the dead. But none of these miraculous things we could find that Muhammad did. Only thing that as a Muslim that I learned that the miracle that Muhammad did was the Quran, the holy book of Islam, that Allah gave it to him. Mm. Doesn't the Quran also mention the virgin birth of Christ? Exactly, that Jesus was born without a human father. But Muhammad had a father named Abdullah. That's a very good point. And is that something uh, that you point out to Muslims? Even the Quran says this about Jesus. Yeah, well, see, there is no problem, uh, Pat, for Muslims accepting this message, what we are talking about, that Jesus seems much greater than Muhammad in all these areas. But Muhammad come as the last and the best prophet. 
but they also accept Jesus is one of their prophets. Fascinating. You know, we're going to talk more about the differences that Abraham saw between Christianity and Islam. We're here with Dr. Abraham Sarker, author of Understand My Muslim People, a wonderful book in which he shares his testimony, but also insights into uh, the Muslim faith. He was once a Muslim missionary here to America. And Abraham, we were talking about the differences you saw between Jesus and Muhammad. Well, what are the differences you saw between the God of the Bible and the God of Islam? Uh, that is a very good good question. Very, very good question. I, I have been asked that question so many times. You see, is Allah of the Quran the same as God of the Bible? Uh, this question demonstrates a misunderstanding of the real issue. A better question might be, are Yahweh of the Bible and Allah of the Quran the same? Here the answer must be no, because the Allah described in many ways in the Quran exhibits many characteristics unacceptable to Christians. And the same way, similarly, the attributes of Yahweh in the Bible are in the same way unacceptable to Muslims. So it is not the same God, but the concept is the same, that there is only one God. Muslims all over the world would tell you and me, Pat, that there is only one God. But they think we Christians, we worship three gods, which they are wrong. We do not worship three gods, we worship one God. So Allah means the God, the creator of the heavens and earth in Arabic language. So therefore, that is the huge difference. The Muslims believe there is one God, we believe in one God, but the difference is the attributes of God is very different. What are some of the differences in the attributes between the God of the Bible and that which would not be uh, acceptable in Islam, and vice versa? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Now, as an example, uh, would be, say, Allah in the Quran is not knowable. The way Muhammad explained the God of this universe is not knowable. You and I cannot know our Creator. We cannot know Him. He is out there, and He's aloof from man, and He's capricious. He changes his mind in every second. Now here we see a God according to the Bible, according to Jesus, a God who came on this earth. He's a personal God. We could know him and who lives in us. There's a huge difference here. Now in the Quran, there's a verse that says uh, Allah is uh, closer to us than the uh, jugular vein. Jugular vein. What, uh, what do they mean by that? Well, uh, by that they mean that Allah is closer but and Allah, Allah could be closer, uh, but it's, uh, it, but you cannot know Him. But He is still that distant God. You know, they're, they're, it is very clear in Islam that Allah is distant. Allah is looked upon as someone. Uh, like, the best way to explain about that would be a, a king, a king out there. If if he is like we are his servant, and if we make any mistakes, then he will punish mm. us in any moment. Even though he said, you know, that's, that's what he said, but this is not what the way we uh, Muslims view Allah. So when you were praying, exactly mm-hmm. what were you accomplishing? When we pray as Christians, we're having a personal dialogue with God. When many Muslims pray, what's going on there? That's a very good question. First of all, I might ask you, uh, why do you pray as a Christian? You would say, well, I pray because I want to be with God. 
I want to be in his presence. You ask a Muslim, why do you pray five times a day? They would tell him that this is our obligation. We must pray five times a day. So that there is a huge difference here. As a Muslim, I pray because that's my obligation. Now, when I go and pray five times a day, I really never feel God when I pray. I'm just saying those prayers and doing those things, but I never know that my prayers were heard by Almighty God. I never know that it went through that uh, ceiling. But here as a Christian, when you pray and when I pray, we feel the presence of God. Mm. There's a huge difference here. Oh, right. Pat and Abraham, somebody in uh, Ask and Text Chat, they uh, are rather say that uh, um, Islam is a cult. And uh, in, in the sense of the term that we typically use, cult, I don't think that's accurate in that a cult is a deviation within a given system. In other words, uh, you'll have a, a Christian belief system and then a cult would be uh, a system within Christianity that deviates from the essentials of Christianity or a, a group within Islam that deviates from the essentials of Islam and would be considered a cult. So I think a better description is is world religion. It's a world religion. Uh, do you agree with that? Kevin, you are absolutely right. You explained it so very, very well that that is it. You see, Islam is not a cult. Please do not make a mistake on this. Islam is not a cult. It is a world religion. And a cult within Islam would be nation of Islam. There's no question about it. And there are many cults. I, like want you to, you I want you to say that again. A cult within Islam would be... The nation of Islam, nation NY, of Islam. nation of Islam in the United right. States. Okay. Right. Abraham, you also mentioned that Allah is capricious. Right. What did you mean by that? Explain that one. Okay, capricious is like he changes his mind. Let's say as an example would be, if you ask a Muslim, when you die, uh, would you go to heaven or hell? They would say, well, I do not know because Allah would judge me in the day of judgment. And it will depend how he feels that time. He may look at me and then see my good deeds way more than my bad deeds, even though I, I cannot say that I'll go to heaven because Allah might look at me and say, Abraham, I just don't like you. So all of my good deeds will not uh, matter. So he could change his mind. He's today, he, he can love you and at the same time he could hate you. Well, Abraham, there's a difference between the God of the Bible and the God of Islam. Also, there's a difference between the Quran and Divine. the Bible. Both claim to be divinely inspired. What differences did you see between these two books? Well, I see that the Bible has more explanation of things than the Quran. Now, remember, the Bible came before, uh, before the Quran. So, Muhammad came after our Lord Jesus Christ. So what he recorded in the Quran and what he uh, revealed, there are many mistakes if you compare that with the message in the Bible. So there is that, uh, that problem there. Another thing you see, the Quran is much smaller than the, uh, the Bible. The Quran is like a little bit less than the Old Testament. And then, we, of course, we have more stories in there. In fact, let me just tell you this. I understood a lot of Quranic, uh, uh, Quranic stories better after I read the Bible. 
because in the Quran they said certain things they mentioned, but they really did not explain or did not tell the whole story. But those stories are in the Quran, in the Torah, uh, the five book of Moses and the Psalms and the David, uh, Psalm of David and the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So now, one of the objections that I have about the Quran is that Muhammad came after Jesus Christ and he is uh, saying certain things and writing certain things that contradicts the message that came before him. And it, it did not match. It does not match as of today. Now, Abraham, the Quran states that it is a perfect book. It's right. eternal that it came down from heaven. Yet, uh, you're saying there's some mistakes in there. Uh, right. Give us mm -hmm. an example of some and, and um, how would most Muslims respond to this? Well, then example would be, let's say uh, we all agree about and know about Abraham, who is the forefather of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, right? Mm -hmm. So now Abraham took his son uh, to sacrifice. So who was that son according to the Bible, which came before uh, Muhammad? The uh, Bible explained that was Isaac. Mm -hmm. uh, what did Muhammad uh, record in the Quran or, or whatever the revelation he got? That was Ishmael. Now, that's a mistake. Which, which one should I believe? The both one can't can be before, right at both the same can, time. can be right. Mm -hmm. So that would be one of, uh, one of the examples. Now, wouldn't most Muslims say, well, the Bible has been corrupted by the Jews uh, and the uh, Christians? Well, how would we respond to that? That's a very good question. Now, mm -hmm. if Bible, uh, okay, uh, Bible has been corrupted, that's, uh, I hear this argument all the time. Mm -hmm. So now, the books that we have, the Torah, and the Psalms of David, and the Gospel of Jesus Christ, this all have been corrupted. Now, this is the wrong book. Then I ask a Muslim, well, what is the one that you are talking about? Do you have the corrected version of these books? They say, no, we don't have it. So well, if you don't have it, then what are you talking about? So show me what you're talking about. At that point, they, they could not show me. And, and then we, we have to remember this Bible. We have, we have this documentation. We can go. We have old manuscripts that we can back up everything that uh, in the Bible. Abraham, uh, someone in text chat uh, says that uh, you seem to be saying that Allah changes his mind in determining whether you go to heaven and hell, and they're disputing that, saying Allah does not change his mind. God does not change his mind. But if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then, then you'll go to heaven probably. Uh, probably. To... Like you said, Allah, I would ask that uh, individual, if he's a Muslim or she's a Muslim, I want to ask this question. Are you sure that you will go to heaven? As a Christian, I say that I am sure that I'll go to heaven because I know Jesus Christ. He is in my heart. And Jesus promised, he said, that if you know me, if you follow me, that you will be in heaven when you die. Now, so can you tell me as a Muslim that you will go to heaven? If you can't, then why not? There is this uh, capricious nat nature of God because you, do, you are not sure. Because God may change his mind. In that, because he is ultimately in in control of everything, and what he does, he does not listen to anybody. And well, we we see the same way as Christians, but we know certain things that God would do, and He never lies. If He says something, He would always follow, follow what He said. 
you know, you know, Kevin, this is one of those interviews that time goes by so quickly, and I see that time has run out with us. So Dr. Abraham Sarker, author of Understand My Muslim People, a wonderful book in which he shares his testimony, but also insights into uh, the Muslim faith, the God of the Bible, and the God of Islam. We want to thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharin on this timely topic and remind you that you can get this entire series at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find some of the best resources on presenting and defending your faith in Christ to an increasingly skeptical world at evidenceandanswers.org. World religions, atheism, the cults, the occult, apologetics, scientific and philosophical arguments for the existence of God, creation and evolution, the reliability of the Bible, archaeology and history, and the end times, to name but just a few. Evidence and Answers is supported by you, the listener, who appreciates a program that gives good answers to good questions. Our calling is to do what the Apostle Paul did on Mars Hill in Athens. He presented and defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll help you do the same by the grace of God. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and any gift or purchase of resources will be a tremendous encouragement to us. And remember that this entire series is available at evidenceandanswers.org. Thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharin. God bless and thanks so much for listening. evidenceandanswers.org.